It's a good show. The mo- the point of Free Willy, uh, if you couldn't guess by the title of the movie, uh, is to set whales free. That's what the kid does. He falls in love with a whale, and he breaks him out of his tiny little uh, uh, like reflecting pool that he lives in, and lets him sets him free into the ocean. And it had like this strange, sad side effect of making places like SeaWorld way more popular. Like SeaWorld yeah. became so much more popular uh, in the early mid 90s because of Free Willy and then the sequels that came after it and stuff. Much like how L- Leaving Neverland has really just spiked pedophilia up. Like everyone's just really into now pedophilia tourism. Uh, uh, this is a joke that Jess is not laughing at. <laughs> Jessa has a concerned look on her face, like what? In the four in the four days since this documentary has been released, we've already seen a documented spike in pedophilia. Wow. I, wow, um, it's like ancient Greece all over again. I was thinking about how I have to run to my purse real quick. Well, that's good content. Just say nothing and we won't have to cut anything out. Now I have to go in and cut out that weird. I'm just going to take your laughter from that and put it after my joke. (laughs) And then we won't have this awkward mess anymore. (laughs) You're listening to Mormon and the Meth Head. If you put a Mormon and a meth head together, this is what they sound like. I don't know if you've been extra funny today or I have just been handing you uh, idiot statements on a golden platter, a silver platter. Never Which one do you think it is? <laughs> Got my answer. <laughs> uh, yeah, that tastes, that coffee tastes. Uh, tastes bad. <laughs> it tastes bad, but it's giving me energy. Michael Jackson is interesting to me. It's kind of like OJ, where I never knew them when they were like famous for anything other than bad stuff. Right. Like, I only remember. Uh, seeing them in court, like I only remember Michael Jackson as uh, as a pedophile joke. Like it's a constant uh, suggestion at improv shows. <laughs> like when right. I was learning improv, be like, we need the name of a celebrity and a and an unusual location, and people would be like, Michael Jackson, Chuck E. Cheese, <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah. those are two celebrities actually. <laughs> We can do that, but we are going to need a location, please. But uh, I only knew him as a, as a punchline of a pedophilia joke my whole life, and then he died. And then he died, and suddenly everyone was saying nice things about him. Suddenly, ev- I learned so much about Michael Jackson after he died. 
Right. I didn't know he was the prince of pop until after he died. That's crazy. No one was talking about him from the king from of like pop. Two, the year 2000 on. Like he wasn't. Yeah. The king of pop. Sorry. I didn't, yeah. Sorry. I demoted him. But I feel like that's a pretty okay demotion if you, uh, you know, rape a bunch of kids. <laughs> uh, you don't get to be king anymore. We're still letting you be prince. That's you get to live in the castle still. It's it's a good deal. But uh, like I didn't know just what a big celebrity he was until he died and then now this new documentary came out and I started watching the beginning of it I haven't gotten very far in it but like in the beginning they cover a lot they they reiterate over and over again that no one was ever as big as Michael Jackson maybe there will uh, there still hasn't been anyone as famous as Michael Jackson was and that's yeah. wild to me that's crazy that you didn't but yeah, I guess it was like into the 90s. You would have been a little kid. Mm-hmm. I remember the Free Willy soundtrack. That's the Michael Jackson song that I was most familiar with is the one from Free Willy. Do you remember Free Willy? I do. Well, I'm from Portland and he was like... Uh, Seattle or something. It's it's Pacific yeah. Northwest. Yeah. So you... Do they have little tiny whale zoos? That was the thing that I always found so weird about Free Willy was that uh, the kid just like walked in like he because he gets caught graffitiing the the whale tank. But it's just like a skate park that has a pool with a whale in it. Like the kids just kind of just walk into it. It's a very teeny tiny place where no whale should be. I don't think I ever saw the movie, but he was an Oregon resident. I'm pretty sure. The whale? Yeah. The whale was an Oregon resident? Yeah. Oh, okay. You guys put him on your... And Because whenever they transported him out, it was like 24-hour news coverage in Portland. That like the the whale His from the movie? His trip home or oh, whatever. Wow. They like took him out to sea. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Michael Jackson had like a solid 10 years after he died where people just like praised him again. There was this woman in D.C. that had like a, a shrine to him outside of her house for a long time and anyway we were all pretty much cool with michael jackson and now the documentary came out and everyone's like oh yeah remember when he did that a couple things i think people were glad he died because then they got to be fans again because they feel like well everyone's safe the children are safe we can be fans again Uh but also people have this weird uh, you can't talk shit about the dead thing, which has never made any sense to me. Like, don't disrespect the dead. We're all going to die. You know what I mean? That isn't... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you were a piece of shit, we can still acknowledge that you were a piece yeah. of shit in yeah. your Yeah, like I'm absence. fucking glad Mr. Rogers is dead. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> no, I won't be your neighbor. <laughs> Fucking ass. Oh, man. I want I one time I invited Mr. Rogers to a party and then he said he wasn't gonna come and then he showed up an hour before the party was over. He brought Jesus. four people. They were all fucking wasted. And uh then he started a fight with my brother for no reason and like uh uh, it was awful. So no, I'm not gonna watch your fucking documentary. It's propaganda piece. No, I don't know. P- d- awful people die, and you'll see. Just like even amongst like, is it because he won the? Because he won a lawsuit, right? 
Who? Mr. Rogers against my brother? No, he did not. He settled out of court for an undisclosed amount. I am not allowed to say it, but it's big. Okay, it was big. And no, Jackson. So I learned today reading an article that uh, Mr. Jackson settled out of court in 93 or 95, whenever I think the trial started in 93. And then in 2005, a jury acquitted him of all charges. And one of the people that's in this documentary testified in 2005 and uh, testified like pro Jackson. He said, no, nothing sexual ever happened between the two of us ever, 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 ever. Apparently, the documentary goes into like how hard it was for him to know what the truth was because he had been groomed so much. But I haven't gotten that far. And I don't know if I want to. I kind of prefer just reading about it. Yeah, I've and heard. I guess I, I can just put down the article and every time I get uncomfortable. I just, yeah. I've heard it's very triggering and hard to watch. Yeah. I also heard that one of them had a kid and that that was the reason that uh, suddenly as a father, it felt different, Uh, which makes sense. That does make sense. Anyway, I saw a couple of disgusting things today that made me want to talk about it. People trying to discredit these survivors and people saying like you need the context and people are like upset that they're dragging Michael Jackson's name. Like he's been acquitted. You know, he, there's no new evidence being presented here. These are people like changing their story to make a buck, which is the same thing that people say about women that accuse Donald Trump or, right. or anything. They're like, Oh, they just want, or, you know, now Michael Cohen. There is no better way <laughs> to make a You just want a book deal. You just want, uh, you're just trying to get money and stuff. And I think it's gross. And I think it shows where where do we stop the believe victims uh, push, you know, right. we, and where do we draw the lines? One it, of the frustrating things is that they list victim behavior, like typical victim behavior as uh, who was some comedian. I can't remember who or I can remember. I don't want to say it, but the guy who was accused of beating his girlfriend or abusing his girlfriend. And then like the proof that he had uh, that he was innocent was that there were text messages where she was trying to get back together. And it's like, if I had abused her, would she be trying to get back together? And it's like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Have you ever met a victim of an emotionally abusive relationship? They're broken after that. And they feel like the only place that they belong is with their fucking abuser. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty standard, uh, abuse behavior oh he didn't uh tell on michael jackson while michael jackson was still alive Uh in a courtroom he didn't want to face his abuser who's a fucking famous person and have the whole country turn on him uh hard evidence hard evidence yeah that was in a fucking forbes article was uh about uh they, they shared the guy's facebook post wade robson's facebook post that he wrote after michael died and it was like i my he was my best friend i love him so much he changed my life he was he was such a gift and now he's dancing in heaven like he said all these sweet things and and then and they just kind of post it there without comment like i rest my case (laughs) would some would someone who had been abused say this about their abuser yes yeah they would. It happens all the time, jackasses. Who was I talking to about parents getting... Because this was the thing when it was happening. And parents were settling out of court. Because he had settled out of court with somebody without uh, 
uh, like a shit ton of money. And I remember the general consensus being those parents just wanted money. It's like, you know, you would have to put, uh, not putting it past boomers, uh, generation to, to do that to their kids. But I wouldn't put my kids through court. I wouldn't go after, if I found out someone with the level of power and money, like Michael Jackson was molesting my kids, I wouldn't try to fight you in court because I'd lose. I would just take your money, put it away so that my kids can afford the best therapy money can buy and they at least get a leg up in life after what you've done. But I wouldn't try to fight you in court. I remember when I had the conversation with my mom, when I told her Frank had been molesting me and she said, you know, we can't do anything because he is, you know, I'm a drug dealer and he's a like a uh, whatever religious guy involved in his church. And I understood that and and like understood that I would lose at nine. I was like, oh, yeah, I would uh, I would lose that. I don't think I fully understand understood what you have to go through. Because then when I was 14, I had to go back and to a police station and uh, while they took a statement and they tell you like there's a hidden camera, you won't know where the camera is. So you don't have to like worry about that part. And then it's a completely empty room. I don't think I ever told you this. A completely empty room except for just a fake plant like built into into the wall with a shiny round circle in the middle of it in a completely stark (laughs) empty room and the plant's not even a plant it's just like the shape of a plant but it's built into the wall oh this is very disarming uh, i don't know which one of these things could possibly be the camera anyway but i i understood the system already enough at nine to know uh, this wouldn't be good. And as a parent, I would never put my kids through that. But I would shake you down for money. Fuck yeah. There was some someone else pointed out on Twitter the commodification of children. So I only watched I only watched the the beginning, right? But they talk about uh, both of these parents sets of parents seem to be. Um, seen Michael this Michael Jackson's interest in their kid as a good thing for their kid financially like one of them was a young actor uh because he was cute like they they have a quote from the mom saying that like she called an agent uh someone had suggested like you know your kid's cute my kid acts you should get your kid to act so they call an agent and the agent says that kid is money in the bank you know yeah well my and, kids want to act and, and I that's won't how, let them because that's how you get molested uh, I want, I, I don't think I'll ever really do it because I can also tell that Ethan uh, hates it. Ethan won't even act for my Instagram videos. Uh, <laughs> he hates being told what to do. He would not be good on set. But the kid is fucking adorable. He's got a mug that is worth a lot of money. And I do like making jokes all the time about how my problems would be solved if I could just uh, commodify Ethan. You know, if I could just get this yeah. kid to get in a commercial. Oh, yeah, it's over, right? And then there was the other kid who was like a dancing prodigy, and there and his mom saw Michael as like a way to further like this kid's career, and like you know put him on a, a great path, which was true, you know. And then like you know Michael's buying him trips to Hawaii and renting out theme parks for their, you know, just like we can just go to Disneyland, just us, have it just for us. Uh, and I think that, and I don't mean to belittle. Uh, the grooming that also the manipulation and the grooming that takes place for the parents too, because they were 
tricked. But I do think that money and riches and stuff, the same way that uh, kids get bribed with that kind of stuff by an abuser, and you get conditioned to do bad things because you get good things out of it, I think parents uh, are getting used the same way. Uh, I, I don't. I don't like, want to make them out to be scumbags yeah. or anything, but I think that you get distracted by shiny, glittery gold stuff, and then you don't notice all the dark things that are happening to your kid. I'm just so highly, and I guess that this is generational. But if you don't have kids that are close enough to my kids' age that uh, they would play together you wanting to have a friendship or relationship or business relationship with my children just seems like you want to molest them. Like I can't, to me, it's very suspicious adults that want to spend time with children that if you aren't a parent of children, which I guess wouldn't have protected me from Frank. Right. Right. But, uh, abducted in plain sight. And this is like, uh, yeah, you're a star and he, the kid danced with the whatever, but like my, my antenna would be up if you were trying right. to spend time alone with well, at my least kid. Abducted in plain sight. Like they did have kids, the, all the, the other kids ages, like the kids were playing and stuff. Oh, together. he just moved into their he house, just, yeah, but he, he was yeah, next to him still. Like, yeah. Okay. But, but he wanted to hang out alone. Right. With- they keep talking about how like Michael was like a nine-year-old. Oh, well, he's so childlike. He's just like a kid. <sighs> and, you know, the one mom feels like she was a mom to Michael. Like she viewed Michael as one of her own sons. And uh, I know that that's because like she felt genuine love for him. And I, you know, I think that people are complicated and I think people are capable of of great love and doing terrible things. So, like, I, I don't doubt that Michael was probably uh, really integrated into that family and felt really close and that they were all hoodwinked by him and stuff. Sure. But you got to admit that his fame is the reason you're letting this go. Because yeah. if there's another, if there was another grown ass plastic surgery to his face uh man who acted like a nine-year-old and wanted to have sleepovers with your son, you'd be like, well, you're a creepy dude. And yeah, no. Exactly. But when he's a world famous Michael Jackson, then it's like really endearing. Like, oh, he's just like a kid. He look how he plays with the kids. It's cute. And it's not like that it's not, you know, like him being childlike and playing with the kids, if there's no molestation involved, is very cute and endearing and is is great. Uh, But like, I do think that you you overlook red flags because he's famous. No, absolutely. But I don't know. The tone was different back then because I remember him building this amusement park and people just being like he's a guy that love ki- loves kids and nowadays everyone's antenna would go up what do you mean what do you love kids you know it's an awkward time to be around other people's kids it's not a you know everyone is more aware of sexual assault than they were you know people people believe kids now people look for it people understand how prevalent it is but also i, f- I feel like it needs to be mentioned that he was a victim of uh, abuse as a kid yeah sure and sure. um I also do feel bad that I'm commenting so much on this without having even finished one documentary on it, but I'm no um, I'm no expert on the the particulars of this case or whatever. But yeah, was didn't his dad beat them? I think that anytime you are a child star, you are getting you're having life experience that you're not ready to have. You're getting stress stress and pressure put on you in a way that you uh, aren't equipped to handle. I think that. 
there is a lot of sexual abuse in Hollywood that we aren't that you know people like Corey Feldman and shit are talking about but that I I do believe that there are pedophile rings and and shit in Hollywood it's just too much unmonitored access to kids I would never uh the thought of it like turns my stomach Lily's very charming and cute and everything else and asks if she could and I say no because I just I, I don't think every uh all the child stars from like my generation ended up addicted to drugs or lost their she fucking minds what? like can she be in on tv oh, and okay. stuff you know okay if I was like, do you want to get an agent and and do commercials or something? She would be stoked, but I wouldn't let her have that. That like it would ruin her life. Dude, she would. She would. If you know, we lived in the I same state, we you could telling her she's getting an agent. She would be stoked. <laughs> yeah, and she would be good at it, and she's cute. But uh, we could get her and Ethan a YouTube channel and commodify the fuck out of them. Oh, Ethan would absolutely do a YouTube. channel. The two channel. of them on a, the same YouTube channel opening. Uh, I imagine toys. them just fighting all the time. Exactly. <laughs> it would be so cute. <laughs> Think about how cute that photo shoot was when, and then they fought, and then it was like, uh, she's the only one I want to hang out with and stuff like that. Uh, fucking so many hits, that shit would go viral. Anyway, <laughs> I think his dad abused him. Yeah. He had a rough, and I think a lot about this. I think a lot about this, the cycle of victim and perpetrator. Right, we have no compassion for the victim if they then become the perpetrator of the same crimes, right? Yeah, well, I think I don't want to excuse anyone's behavior. I think everyone should try not to victimize anyone else, right? Uh, like, and I think that we, I'm e- saying, I like, feel like even when like people that have been molested, when they molest someone else, they know what they're doing is wrong. Like there's nothing. Uh, like yeah. Otherwise, they, they you know. wouldn't be able to hide it. Yeah, they they know what they're doing. Oh, I'm well. not saying that. But I'm I, saying I wonder if we could start in therapy, approaching it in a way like it's it's so rampant in victims becoming perpetrators that I'm just curious if it is something that when you have a kid that was abused, that you are able to deprogram that from them, or is that you know what I'm saying? I'm not fucking finishing. Yeah, well, sentences. I think yeah. I mean, that's a. Uh, a huge part of the problem. <laughs> but uh, I think that if you start get help, then you've got a good chance of not re- continuing the cycle. Right. I think that most of the awful people we hear about didn't get enough didn't help. Get help. Yeah. You know, I uh, can you separate the art from the artist? Yeah. I don't know that I need to. I don't know that I have strong feelings on this subject. I suppose I don't want to give you money if you are an abuser. I did lose interest in Louis C.K. Uh, yeah, also his jokes suck now. Uh, <laughs> like the new jokes he trotted out. <laughs> uh, I was like, all right, well, then we're, I guess we're not even going to have to be sad about missing you. Yeah. That's a really nice gift that you gave us. You're yeah. like, you, you guys don't even have to make a hard choice anymore. <laughs> In fact, it's pretty obvious. If you're still coming to my shows, you're a dirtbag. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a pretty, he's taking all the gray area out of it for us. But I don't know. I feel like I must be lucky in some ways that uh, I, my favorite artists haven't been exposed. I think that's what like, it is. I don't yeah. know what it's like to love Michael Jackson as much as these people love Michael Jackson. Have you asked Ethan? Uh, <laughs> yeah, by the way, my son's favorite artist is Michael Jackson. <laughs> he loves Thriller. He loves it so much. But like people are are posting takes about like they feel bad for Michael after this documentary came out. And I think, uh, number one, he's dead. 
<laughs> and he died filthy rich. And his family is still filthy rich. Like everyone's still like he's made all of his music. I don't feel bad for Michael in the slightest at all. I feel bad for these victims who are still alive, who are trying to piece their lives together. Right. But I also don't think I'm going to hear Thriller and and go, I can't. Li- this song is ruined for me now. But I also was never like strongly attached to Thriller either. Right. So maybe if I if I was a bigger fan, uh, then it would change things. But I guess it's privilege. It's privilege. But like, I don't know. I love I don't like Roman Polanski. But I love watching Chinatown. I think Roman Polanski's a, a dirtbag for sure, but Chinatown's tight, and I lo- and I like watching it. It would be easier if he didn't have a cameo in it, but uh, still, Fantastic. still a really cool movie. I like it a lot. I don't I, I don't want to have to not watch it anymore. I don't feel like he gets any money by me watching it, does he? That DVD's already been bought and paid for. Like it's fine, right? I don't know. I I I don't know how I feel about that. I think I one day someone else will. I've been put in that will... position, so I can't. Like if Elton John gets me too'd, then I guess we'll find out. But uh, oh, no, not Elton. Elton John or like Tiesto. But other than that, I don't know. Uh, I can't. I think I can separate the art from the artist, but I also understand the argument of not putting money in a scumbag's pocket. But as of right now, we can't do anything if we're not putting money in scumbag's pockets. So. Just that he's dead. So I think all of his music's fine. We're fine uh, there because he's dead. He's not getting anything. Who cares? I think it does definitely changes his legacy and how people remember him and stuff. But uh, I think that can just be a more complete thing. Like he was the king of pop and pedophilia. Like he was both of them. He's a complex individual, you know? It didn't change uh, his legacy for me at all because I thought we all already knew that. And I'm really surprised at how many people think getting acquitted uh, equates to innocence. That's really interesting to me. Just in case you weren't already aware of this, our justice system is super fucking corrupt. So a rich person getting acquitted is not any more valid than a poor person going to fucking jail for four months because uh, they got a false positive on a bag of cotton cotton candy. candy. The justice system is garbage. Yeah, there was a woman who had cotton candy in her car that police did a roadside test on and it gave a positive test for meth. And they said, this is meth. And she went to jail for months and uh, incurred so much money in legal fees and bail money and all this shit just to it. Like they were able to prove demonstrably. This is cotton candy. And she receives no compensation whatsoever. A judge ruled that the makers of the roadside tests are not liable for the false positive. So like no one's paying her bills. This is just like, uh, you know, fuck you, man. There's a story of a kid who went to jail in New York. He was like a teenager and he went to Rikers and he lived and he was there for years before he got out. He was uh, like never like truly convicted. I don't think like, but he was just like, you had to keep, you had to just stay in jail. I, this is years ago that I read this article and then he finally, he, they finally got, uh, his, uh, him out 
and proved his innocence and they got him out and uh, he killed himself a year or two after that because he just he got so fucked up in prison and there's no justice for that. No, there's no justice. The justice Robert, system is not justice. It is just an awful system put into place to uh, help the rich and uh, it's privately owned and it's awful and it, there's no justice in the justice system. Get your car stolen. Get your house robbed. Pay attention uh, to what happens. Go sit in a courtroom and watch how poor people are treated. Uh, it's just not, it has nothing to do with it. He's fucking filthy rich. He got acquitted because he's filthy fucking rich and can afford a million lawyers. A million so when lawyers. he got acquitted, it was like, yeah, well, of course he's still yeah, guilty. So it was OJ. OJ was also right. acquitted. Um, Robert Durst was acquitted. There, even though he admitted to chopping up this person into tiny pieces with a chainsaw, he was acquitted because he's rich. And there's just all these technicalities in in the legal system, and so you're just, you know, it's fucking. So anyway, he just, that just was his legacy. It was just fine. Mm-hmm. It's like whatever. You made great music. You fucked kids. Like the, you're both of those things. And uh, I was, um, I guess, maybe it's an age thing that so many people were have been like this is this is tarnishing his name and it's like no it's not we all knew this right we all knew this and then to have people be like no he was acquitted as if that fucking means anything it's Mm -hmm. like okay so he didn't have to go to prison but uh we just believe what the court i don't know Mm -hmm. i guess this is just people buy into this justice idea that is the same thing as the freedom idea you know it's like no it's just but what you get told your whole life it's not actually true you're not free pay attention there's so there's every day i see stories about uh people getting arrested or getting their homes raided because and and, and they're all innocent and there's nothing the cops just don't care judges don't care everybody just shrugs their shoulders and it's like oh well sorry <laughs> It's ridiculous. There right? are like entire uh, like law get... offices dedicated to getting innocent or like uh, uh-huh. organizations dedicated to like getting Netflix. You mean innocent the law people office of prison. Netflix. <laughs> maybe if you're lucky, Netflix will take your story up 20 years later and, and maybe you'll get out of jail. Well, that's what we should watch is the uh, Mayfield four. I know that's a band. The, uh, that documentary I told you about, uh, the Satan, Paradise Lost. Paradise Lost. Yeah. It's on YouTube, you said. Yeah. yeah. Oh, tell people about that. Most people know the story, but the uh, oh, three sorry. kids, <laughs> I didn't know anything about it. And then was I was like, everybody watch Paradise Lost. And they were like, yeah, Justin, that came out in 2000. <laughs> and uh, we Y2K, all know about it. Baby. Um, three teenage kids. This was like in the middle of the, the satanic scare where everyone was afraid of kids being Satanists because they were wearing Metallica t-shirts. These kids are like my age, a little bit older now. And some little boys got raped and killed and uh, in like a backwards-ass town. And these three kids got, uh, these three teenagers got arrested and one of them was like very low IQ, like very low. And... uh, like worse than Brandon Dassey. And uh, well, maybe that's an exaggeration, but you know, they did this like high pressure shit, which I've been interrogated. It's awful. Dude. I've, I've watched so many of these kind of things on Netflix that the moral of the story is just do not talk to police. Like do not, do not, do not. I've so much so that I have told Ethan 
not to talk to police. Like I've said it so many times to him, and he's five, that we're watching Stranger Things. Uh, again, he's five. I'm a great parent. He loves scary stuff. Shut up. He likes it. He watching Stranger Things. Anytime someone talked to Sheriff Hopper, Ethan would tell the kids on TV, "Don't talk to cops." And I was like, <laughs> "That's a good. That's a good boy, man." They just want to try to get you to confess, man. It like in, on so many different things. On the on a Netflix show that I love, Last Chance You, they were like there was a football player. It's a nice kid that that was around some people who did uh, a bad thing. Uh, murdered someone but i'm like i'm like whitewashing it but still they have vi- they show the video of his interrogation with the cops and cops just put the words into his mouth like him and his brother both get interrogated his brother says nothing he he says this he makes this one mistake where he like fills in the blank that like you know the cop says a sentence and he's like and so yeah. then you took him out to to kill him and uh and then says to the kid you took him out Took him out to do what? And the kid's like, kill him, I guess. You know, like it just, yeah, you know, yeah. in, a, in a moment of frustration. And they, you know, he's in jail and his brother's not. Jason used to call the first 48 hours the people telling on each other show because that's all it is, is just like people confessing. I don't think I ever told you the best uh, me getting interrogated story. <gasps> I got picked up. We were all staying in a hotel room and there was identity theft going on in there. I wasn't involved in that, obviously, but there was a lot of it going on. And then we went to the restaurant that was in the hotel to eat and charge it to the room. Like two of us went and or all of us went and the maid went into the room and saw all the printers and all the paperwork and stuff and called the cops. So when we get back to the room, we don't know that the cops are on their way and that the maid has been in the room, I think is what happened. This part's fuzzy, weird. Um, We get arrested. And my boyfriend at the time is my, my boyfriend and I get arrested. And I think that I had agreed to stay in the room something happened we knew that they were coming and I think I had agreed to stay in the room because I knew I was innocent and I knew whatever whatever it was the people the other people got away and um uh the cop was trying they separated me and the boyfriend and the cop was trying to uh it was so cliche but he was trying to like emotionally move me around and as soon as I would get around cops I would just be like I was sent here by the collective consciousness to waken up a tribe of, uh, and he was like, what, you know, that there's identity theft going on in that room. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I just was asleep. Oh, the room was in my boyfriend's name. That's what it was. No evidence of him having anything to do with it. Just the room was in his name. I said, uh, it was my boyfriend's room. I think he met some people. He didn't know them very well. I don't know the details. Uh, I've been sick and I just came back and went to sleep. I woke up and, uh, and you guys were here. And he was like, you seem like a nice couple. I think your boyfriend loves you a lot. And, uh, you know, he's uh, going to go to prison for uh a long time this was the third cop to come in and talk to me like the other cops were and i just kept saying the same thing i was like listen all i know is that i was sent by the collective consciousness to waken up a tribe of uh higher dimensional beings and uh that's really all i do so he was the third cop to come in because they were all like fist 
bashing on the desk. You're going to go to fucking jail. And I'm like, I don't know what I would oh, go to jail for. Sleeping in a hotel room? I don't. What did I do? What law did I break? Are there higher dimensional beings in jail that need to be awakened? <laughs> because maybe that's all part of the collective consciousness plan. And then this guy comes in and uh, he's the closer. You can tell he's the closer. He has the 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 vibe of someone who's definitely going to break me. And he was like, uh, how, long, how long have you and uh, him been together? And I was like, uh, two years. And he said, yeah, it seems pretty special. <laughs> we have him. Uh, we have him in the other room. He really cares about you. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah. I mean, uh, I could see you guys getting married one day. <laughs> having kids what if you were like nah bro i don't even like that dude i have my hair in pigtails uh and it's pink and i'm missing all of my teeth and i was like yeah do you get do you see us like a like a summer wedding or like <laughs> little destination little destination oh, wedding man. costa rica so i was just like oh yeah that would be great and then he's like leaning in and, and talking softer and softer which now that i like understand hypnosis is funny yeah. you know but he's saying like all the wrong things to like a schizophrenic tweaker you know what i mean <laughs> it's just like oh do you see us one day with the family yeah I, and then he was like we don't want anything to do with him we don't want to take him away from you. We just need these guys, you know. We need these guys that were uh, in the room that were taking advantage of your boyfriend. Uh, we just need to find them, and we want to reunite you two tonight. We want you to have a special night. Uh, was he going to get you guys some flowers? We want to give you guys. He a special tried evening. every like he really tried. It was a, such a strange tactic. I remember just being like, "Wow, this is the this is the third dude, right?" And so I said. Uh, he said, are you, um, are you ready? You ready to talk? And I was like, yeah, yeah. It's the good old yeah. bad cop romantic And cop. he gets a fucking, uh, a recorder, turns the fucking recorder on, uh, gets a pen and a paper, leans in, and is like, um, all right, uh, let's start at the beginning. And I was like, all right. Uh, in the year 2000, I had a near-death experience, and I went back to a big blue ball of light, and that is when I found out that I have been sent by the collective consciousness to awaken, and he's like, God damn it, and he storms out, and then they put us in a room together, and they say, do not talk to each other. You are forbidden from talking to each other, which is just like, and then once again, we're in a room where there's obviously fucking a a cameras. Plant. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, don't do it. Do not talk to each other. And then uh, they leave us alone, and and uh, boyfriend and I could communicate without saying the words that you were listening to us say. Like this was my first magic boyfriend, so uh, we could talk in the ether. And so uh, we talked about. Sent from the collective consciousness <laughs> to awaken a group of, and just in that conversation, we're, we're able to be like, I didn't say anything. They have nothing. I know they have nothing. All right, meet meet you back at Jason Burns' house in a in a couple days. I'll probably be in here longer than you. Like we had this whole conversation, and they came up. We told you not to talk to each other, and it's right. like, yeah, well, you right. obviously wanted us to talk to each other. And then I got bounced out. Dude, I love people trying to use reverse psychology. Oh, it was so lame, though. It does. It does seem like they're. They are uh, used to dealing with dumber people Fucking than just idiots. Reed. Yeah, but I don't think cops are incentivized. I don't. Know. They just, they have they play in an ideal world. They do play an important part in our society, 
and like they can't do have the ability to capture bad guys and get to the bottom of this. But Technically, like, we were bad guys, also. Yeah, sure, sure. That's a good point. We shouldn't leave that out. There's a big difference between my experiences with cops and uh, uh, people of color just getting harassed for no reason. There's a big difference. I did have it coming. I just am. Mm-hmm. I think that like cops are not incentivized to solve crimes as much as they are incentivized to close cases. Yes. They are incentivized to make arrests. They are incentivized and like, and there are certain crimes that, you know, they have more incentives to than others and stuff. And I think that like those incentives working on even a, 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 a good intent, a well-intentioned police officer, someone who wants to do good, those, those kind of change how you approach your job. And then I don't think that cops necessarily develop the skills to extract truth from people as much as they uh, develop skills to extract confessions. Right. And they can just, they, they are good at making you confess even when you didn't do anything wrong. Right. Like they're, they're good at that. I've watched enough Netflix shows to see it in action <laughs> and go, Oh my fucking God, this is, this is, Oh, it's crazy. Especially if you're you not know? highly intelligent, it's very easy to lead someone, especially after you've uh, repeatedly asked them the same question, deprive them of food and drink Threaten them, yeah. told them all the bad things that are going to happen to them. Uh, told implied them about how that you're they would be, be better off. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's all like psychological stuff. If you don't have like a high IQ, you could easily confess to something you didn't do. Easily. Mm-hmm. I this is a t- totally well, not completely different, but it's a it's a small it's a weird turn I'm going to take here. There was a reality TV show on for less than one season called Take the Money and Run. And I loved it. I thought it was a brilliant uh, idea. I had never wanted to audition for a show before. Like I never wanted to be on Survivor or anything, but I wanted to be on Take the Money and Run because I felt like I could I could win this shit. And it's a great it was a great concept. I felt like it was much better than uh, the Masked Singer. The, the <laughs> watching that show. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, did you watch The Masked Singer? I had never even heard of it before. Had was you seen fr- it before? Yeah, the ads have been everywhere. Oh, They've I hadn't everywhere. seen anything before. It's, it's ridiculous. Huge ratings, huge ratings, better ratings than anything our friends like who poured their heart and soul. Like you have like Russian Doll, which is a masterpiece, and people are like, ooh, okay. But you then you put... Uh, people in giant weird costumes there's like t-pain is inside spoiler alert t-pain is inside of a one-eyed one horn flying purple people eater costume singing a song and it's just it's so surreal to watch that video of just this giant <laughs> mouth frozen in a smile creature singing the song and then cutting away to people with like doing prayer hands and crying because they're so moved by this cyclops's music it's weird anyway take the money and run i'm going to keep it to one tangent uh here <laughs> the premise of this show they gave you a briefcase with i don't know how much money in it hundred thousand dollars something something like that you had one hour to hide the briefcase you and you and a partner could hide this briefcase and then a, a crew of detectives had 24 hours to find it 
If they can't find where you hit it in that allotted time, you get to keep it. If they find it, they get to keep it. So like every episode, there was new contestants and also new detectives. You know, you're playing against each other. And you had detectives that were out in the field looking for the briefcase. And you had detectives, because you get arrested. After your hour is up, they come and arrest you, and they take you away. And for the next 24 hours, you're in a jail cell, and the cops are interrogating you. And I, me and my brother would watch this and be like, who the fuck? Why are they saying anything? Like, these cops are making these threats to them. And you're like... You know for a fact that this is going to last 24 hours yeah. and you get the Idiot. money. Don't say shit. I feel like they like the producer the rule must be you have to say something. Yeah. But lie better. But still like they would they would play up these detectives real life skills. I would know? just say I'm only here so I don't get fined. <laughs> I'm only here so I don't get fined, baby. Uh sorry if this makes for bad television, but it's going to make for a good payday for me, you dumbass. <laughs> But uh, the skills that the cops had were uh, about, uh, like, I don't know, like, like their full-on interrogation skills on display. Like, uh, I don't know. It made, me, it made me feel bad for people that are being investigated for real crimes uh, because they, you're just, they're good I, at coercing things out of you. Even I think I understood. Four hours to get a hundred thousand dollars are giving up clues to these detectives. That's insane. I think I at- understood, uh, how to, uh, deal with cops because, uh, I used to get, uh, my first husband to confess cheating on me all the time with this. Uh, I already know. So you might as well tell me. Uh, technique, which is basically mm-hmm. what the cops are using. It's like I, uh, I already know what you did, so uh, it's going to be hard for you. It's going to be very hard for you if you don't tell me uh, your side of it. Um, I'm going to believe someone else's side, and it's going to be so much worse. I already know. And then the people usually feel guilty, right? Like they have a guilty conscience. It's already hard to keep the secret of the bad thing they did. That's why I think the more like sociopathic you are, the better you are with cops. I know that didn't sound very good for me, but <laughs> <laughs> but it it, re- it resonates. It sounds true. It, it just felt good. like you're never going to get in less trouble by telling them. It's like if you knew, you wouldn't need me to tell you. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, you just, uh, and it's, so I just won't tell you anything and, uh, I'm going to go like, I was never doing anything. So you were just trying to get me to roll on other people. It was just never going to fucking happen. I think though, like say the central park five was another documentary that I watched on Netflix. The, uh, do you remember that? The someone people that even though they've been exonerated through DNA evidence, our sitting president still believes that they, that they raped this woman and should be killed. So no, uh, another just quick reminder about the president who today called CEO of Apple, uh, Tim Apple. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Oh, how would you like to have your life in his hands? Jesus Christ. Right. Anyway, the, I think when you've got that, like, I think that when cops put the pressure on suspects that people do, it's not a stretch. When they say, "Listen, like we we know you did it, we know you did it, and a jury is going to believe that you did it. Like you're going, we are going to try you for this rape and this murder of this woman. And let me tell you, what's not going to play well for this jury of white people is you sitting here and denying it. Yeah. Your best shot 
is remorse. You need to confess and you need to say you're sorry. You need to say it was a mistake. It was an accident. And that is the best shot you have at not uh, getting a death sentence. Maybe you'll just spend the rest of your life in jail. Maybe you'll have a chance of parole in 50, you know, and in the America that they live in, Oh yeah, that's that's believable, you know. And so then they 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 it's also probably true. And they Uh, go, yeah, it's still a good chance. When you're black, you're probably not getting uh, your chances of getting justice any which way you turn is uh, not not great. And they were also kids; they were young. There's just and they just they didn't get to speak to their lawyers or their parents or anybody. How did that? They keep them up all night, and they just keep interrogating them until they come up with a story that uh, matches what the cops want them to say. And it's just, it's distressing. It's distressing. Don't talk to police. I know that we've been rambling for a while now, Jessa. Uh, I want to do that uh, snow globes and traumatic memory stuff, but we're almost at an hour, so maybe we should just keep ranting on the police for a moment longer, and then uh, in in the next hour just focus all on snow globes. This is a much more woke season from Mormon and the Meth Head, you guys. We, <laughs> Jessa, Jessa, I don't know if you heard, uh, was sent by the collective consciousness to woke people up. <laughs> Our number one message is, do not talk to cops. <laughs> don't do it. Do not. What else did I want to say on that subject? Because I wanted to talk about, uh, I talked a little bit about grooming children and how society at large groomed children. Did I talk about this on the Patreon episode we did with uh, Grant the other day? Yeah. Um, And I talked a little bit about it on Honeydew. But how... uh, Everybody go listen to Jess's episode on Honeydew if you haven't listened to it already. No, don't because it's like so much like... uh, It's too sad. No, it's so much. I don't want them to see me like that. All of our listeners are like down with it. But then after uh, after I'd gone like 45 minutes on my own sexual abuse, uh, I felt because I was in a dark place. I was in a snow globe place when I went to do that podcast. And then I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I I can also be weird. Uh, I'll do that for the second half. But uh, when people are like, how could this happen? And it's like, uh, you know, when we were kids we were groomed by society by society groomed us without even knowing it forcing kids to hug and kiss grown-ups that they don't want to you're telling them that their body's not their own and this is the kind of thing that older generations like oh god here we go and there are extremes like i've read uh things about people saying you should ask your kids permission before you change their diaper. But I'm sure if I looked into that any further, that would be something that's been made up to make fun of, uh, uh, people who believe in body autonomy for kids. But I said on that podcast, like my, my kids would be terrible candidates for sexual abuse because, uh, they know what their vagina is. You know, they know what their body parts are. They understand, uh, sex they understand uh what the kind of touching is bad i don't think they would have a problem coming home and telling me like i think that they're they don't they would know i wasn't mad at them um but also i don't make them hug or kiss anybody like i i i don't we created all of this shame around kids bodies uh by not talking to them about sex 
and making it something that they felt like they should be ashamed of for even knowing about because kids do know about sex you can decide whether or not you're the one that tells them or if they get some distorted version from other kids but then making them call their uh uh fucking genitals a cooter or a a goober or whatever the fuck does a lot of things to it also you know you just like tell them what their body parts are tell them what's okay to be touched let them know that they can come back and talk to you and we didn't do that in the 80s like kids bodies were not their own kids were not respected as autonomous beings uh we didn't trust kids we didn't believe kids my generation was only you know 15 years behind children should be seen and not heard you know it makes me wonder, are we going to see less sexual abuse? I hope so. You I know? think so. Don't send your kids to hang out I don't, with fucking adult men that are, uh, or adult anybody that are, you know, like uh, the priests. Where did the priests get the fucking boys? You know, where did they get the boys in mass quantities? I don't know. Do you not know? They were like altar boys, <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But do you go hang out? Uh, during the, I thought that was just the thing you Ooh, yeah, they, do on Sunday mornings. No, like a lot of the victims that I've uh, read about or, or or watched were sought out because they were kids of single moms of who single were moms, poor, yeah. and the priest took an interest in them, and you know would come, uh, would you know like take them st- somewhere, buy them breakfast, or wh- whatever you know, like they would. Uh, yeah, so like you, the the priest is supposed to be involved in the community. He's supposed to take care of his parishioners and stuff. So uh, yeah, like they they would pick altar boys and like altar like Catholic mass happens every single day. So if you're like an altar boy, oh, you're there. You're yeah, right. it's possible for you to be there every single morning with the priest, and then you have to help him put the stuff away, and you have to you have to learn all these different things. You have to kind of like you go to catech catechism is what you know there's a bunch you can spend a lot of time with the priest i just i'm so suspicious but i guess that's because i come from the generation uh where we all got molested i'm so suspicious that i would just be like why is that adult uh need you to be somewhere you know but that makes sense i also forgot they do church every day god that's so gross i was talking to someone from boston the other day who uh was from the generation when spotlight came out Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said that he knows so many people that got cashed out. He said it was so, like it was so fucking rampant and that there were like 14 churches in the cluster of towns that he lived in. And now there's like two because I was bitching like I have not met one person who says they left Catholicism because of the child abuse. Like how did everyone just not leave that fucking religion? And it's because it's a weird it's uh, somehow made itself a, a culture that yeah. people just believe that they have Catholic DNA and that they can't make a decision. Mm-hmm. They don't give a fuck about it. I, I'll speak for Mormonism. I think that a big sex scandal could happen like that and there'd be a, a lot of people that still stay because it's hard for me. It was hard to separate the really good experiences I had in church from the really bad things I was learning about the church. So... uh I would say, okay, well, that's a bad thing that someone in the church did or it happened in the past or whatever, you know, but that's, it's the church is still true. And I, cause I felt the spirit there and I've gotten this and this and this and this, all these good experiences, all these good things, all these good impacts on my life came from this church. So I wouldn't leave it just because of a few bad apples, you know? 
Uh, That's so interesting because my take would have been the opposite because no one says that about Catholicism. Like no one knows why they're Catholic. <laughs> I'm sure some b- some people do. I've but. met five. Uh, <laughs> so I'm from Delaware. Everyone's Catholic. And then when you ask them why, they all are like, I don't know, because my parents told me I was Catholic and I did all this stuff. It's like, they're, it, they're, it's not, I feel like Mormonism, you're like, there's a passionate connection and you felt the spirit and you've had all of the, like it's so much more embedded in you. Uh, and you're so much more connected to it than people who are Catholic. And I feel like uh, a mass sex scandal where there was cover-ups on like uh, a wide, you know, like the higher-ups knew and were, were doing all these cover-ups. I feel like that would be a shelf moment for so many Mormons and uh, where it would actually break their heart to have to leave this religion because they realize that this religion uh, is... is uh, involved in all of this shit where i feel like catholicism y'all don't even like it (laughs) and i couldn't believe how many people like nobody you didn't hear about people being like yeah fuck that church they just like stayed catholic even though the the organization is involved in not just child molesters but gigantic cover-ups of child molesters Mm -hmm. you know gigantic almost like a pedophile ring yeah i uh if if a gigantic sex scandal was unearthed in the Mormon church right now, a lot of people would leave. Right. And that's, that's perfect. That's what you should do. But I'm just saying I would understand why those people stayed that did. Yeah. I, uh, because they can't, they just compartmentalize and they just push it aside and they, uh, I could see them doing that, you know, but. Uh, I could too in Mormonism. Mm-hmm. But. uh I'm glad that the current Pope is is finally like saying stuff about the sex scandals and finally apologizing, which is something the Mormon church will would never, ever do. Right, right. You would never hear anyone say we were wrong. You know, they would just change their name again to like yeah. <laughs> the definitely not pedophile saints. <laughs> and they, they would change their website titles again. <laughs> The Church of Jesus Christ of not pedophile saints. <laughs> it's right there in the name. I don't know how you could accuse us of pedophilia <laughs> when <laughs> from the beginning we've been very against it. Oh. oh. So anyway, Jessa, where can uh where can our listeners find you? <laughs> uh, uh at the dentist's office. Oh in Minneapolis. Getting repairs. Getting repairs done. Anyway, uh we're about to record another episode right now about uh what what did you replaying trauma snow globes and what did, uh, how did you traumatic reenactment traumatic reenactment it's going to be really good you won't hear it for a while and it may not even come out after this episode because we just like we put all of our episodes recorded just like in a hat and we just shake it up and we just pull them out <laughs> at random uh just to fuck with you guys honestly that's that's what we that's what we do it for but uh I'm excited to talk about traumatic reenactment with you and you'll hear it eventually on uh, Mormon and the Meth Head. If you put a Mormon and a Meth Head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron Woodall and Jessa Reed are friends. Listen to them talking to Mike. Sure. 
He's a likable but awkward Viking. She's a one-of-a-kind, toothless bitch. Welcome <laughs> to How to Train Your Dragon 3. In theaters, 222. Uh. Is the dragon toothless? The dragon is toothless. That's his name. Is toothless. Oh. Toothless dragon. Toothless bitch. To- he's a boy, so I I'm taking some liberties. Also, I'm not a Viking. Uh, 